Movement Rio Media presents A Few Good Physios with Dr. Eric Munoz and Dr. Leonidas Scantolides. You can't handle the truth. What is physical therapy? More research. More research. True therapeutic effect. Join us each week as we discuss current trends in medicine, rehabilitation, and strength and conditioning. The answers are out there. All content is a collaboration between On Point Sports Care and Integrated PT Squared. A Few Good Physios is not medical advice and is used for educational purposes only. If you are having pain and or health-related complaints, please seek out a licensed healthcare professional. Thank you for downloading. Enjoy. All right, welcome to podcast number 12 of A Few Good Physios. Um, we are, yeah, we went over a little bit last week of the story of my own personal injury from jujitsu. Um, I have an update as we were discussing. I went and got an MRI, didn't know what it was, but we looked at the disc and it looked like a fracture. We had no idea. I, I continuously kept asking other people that didn't know. Like I saw this other PT who came in who hadn't seen me the week before, and I, show, I showed them the video, and they said the exact same thing. They look like it looks like a fracture, looks like a splintering, and nobody said like the other P- PTs didn't say anything to to them. I didn't say anything to them. I just showed them flat, and so it was interesting. So anyway, so it, it came back no fracture, no contusion. Uh, I just have a seven centimeter long or size seven centimeter sized hematoma uh that's in the subcutaneous tissue so it was <laughs> our, our the clinician that uh ordered the mri for me when they gave me the information of the diagnosis from the radiologist they said to me you could have a surgically removed it doesn't go away wow and, and i was like what how many people like I, i'm not it's just a bump it's not painful and I'm sh- I'm sure it's going to reduce over time. It might not go all the way down, but I don't I don't think surgery would be no, the case. I mean, like, if they remove something, wouldn't the I'm assuming <clears throat> that that's on the periosteum. Do they even know if it's, it's it's not? So when you see the the MRI, it's clearly and they wrote that in the um it was funny cuz I it wasn't explicit in when I told the radial or the person doing the MRI what happened. And so what they wrote down, because they usually wrote, write down like what happened at the top, like a little yes. caption. So it said at the top, it said um, bump after teaching or something like that. Bump showed up after teaching, bump on shin, something like that. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't really <laughs> say teaching. I just was like, oh, I, I, my shin got rubbed and then it, it came <laughs> up. <with that. laughs> well, no, I, I mean, remove that. Think of that, stitches. Yeah, just a surgery. Like, I, I don't want to, why... Why get invasive like that? I mean, it, my body responded that way for a reason. I, it's in a place that can't be seen immediately. Like, let's say if I had it on my face, which I'm sure <laughs> fighters have this all the time, right? Because oh, they get, man. like, a hematoma on their cheek or something like that, and it doesn't go away. I've heard of fighters getting surgery for that, and that I, I totally understandable. That's going to change what they look like, and you might have trouble, like, opening your eye and shit like that. Um but it's on my leg, like, and it's not that big. It's, it's like, you, you have to really look for it. Like, I have to, like, show it to you and shit. This so. is a clear, though, I think this is a clear example on how um, modern medicine is, uh, and imaging, at least, MRIs in particular, are helpful. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. I know Lee questions, I mean, probably like 10 people, right? People 
a handful. Some master clinicians, some mm-hmm. medical individuals, a lot of PTs, uh, and it looked strange, right? It, it felt did. strange. It mm-hmm. looked strange. So here we have the MRI, the gold standard of uh, imaging, and it, it was able to differentiate the tissue. It was it ruled out the fracture, right? Um, mm-hmm. Ruled out any kind of muscle tearing, or I mean, there wasn't much muscle in that area. It was right on his shin, but mm-hmm. yep, this is an example of um, uh, the positives on an MRI. <laughs> yeah, and I I do feel a great deal of relief because I think, and I've experienced experienced this with patients where the unknown is Oof. really hard to deal with, and also like mm-hmm. kind of it, it makes the situation worse. So if I continued on and, and I kept looking at it every day and feeling <laughs> it and be like, well, what if it is a fracture and I'm not uh, non-weight bearing and I'm not letting it heal, all this other shit. And so like I know the consequences of that, like necrosis and bone death and all that shit. and um, Limping. Yeah. And I, I could. You know, Amputations. <laughs> I mean, it goes on and on. <laughs> all the terribleness. Um so, like, that would be in the back of my head. This gave me such clarity. Now I'm, like, full-fledged back into jiu-jitsu. I went last night and today, and I'm back to full exercise, and I, I feel it. I'm like, great, it's just a, it's just a hematoma. It will go down. Uh, but I have had patients, and I don't know if you've had this, but I've had patients where it gets them angry that it there's nothing yes, there. Yes, regularly. And, yeah. and I, I guess I, I can understand that a little bit because, let's say, if they have so many symptoms, let's say they have a lot of pain and there's nothing there. They get really angry, but it's that's where it gets tough in terms of our part where we have to educate patients because then we have to have well we should already be having the discussion about um, pain modulation and pain science and the influence of danger mechanisms to the body versus the brain outputting and everything like that that should already be ha- going on especially with a prolonged pain state but on the other hand of that it's 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 really trying to take um, this the story that has been embedded into their psyche ever since they were a child. We've had this discussion before. We had doctors, they had media, they had family members, they've had other health professionals say like, "No, you got tissue damage. It's pain. You have to have anti-inflammatories to re- uh, decrease the pain and heal the tissue." You're broken. You're broken. Um, so that will never be the same. Yeah, <clears throat> but no, I have had patients that um are kind of irritated that, oh, the MRI came back. Would you believe nothing came up? wasn't even that bad. <laughs> and then I start, I usually start the conversation with, well, that's good news. You know, yeah. that's, you know, MRI usually rules out some horrible stuff. The 1% of 1%, whether it's a fracture, whether it's a hematoma, a, a cancerous uh, growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go into the, the spiel of structural damage, doesn't, you know, equal pain. Um, but yeah, I have had many patients... <clears throat> uh, tell me that it, they don't believe the MRI or could they read it wrong, which is possible. Of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as Lee, Lee had a positive response where he felt, all right, I don't need to be on crutches. Right. I'm not going to lose the leg. I'm going to move. I'm going to train. And, and I, I mean, I have this fantasy that if, uh, obviously this is not the case, but if everybody had this immense amount of knowledge with, you know, some sort of healthy amount of knowledge with medicine and what where the dangers are with uh, red flags and uh, particulars about injury 
and in addition to having some feedback on their own body, then uh, I think that could resolve a lot of issues on their own. Like I, obviously the power is in with the, within that patient to uh, to th- resolve it. Which you, I guess one thing that we probably both come to the realization is is the gray area gray area in the medical industry mm-hmm. um, the, is larger than one thinks. And I guess the, the longer we study and practice, that gray area, I mean, going into PT school, prior to PT school, you know, and no, no disrespect to any medical professionals, um, whether it's a neurosurgeon or a physiatrist or a, uh, or a pediatrician, for that mm-hmm. matter. Uh, but there is much more gray area than one thinks. Right. Um, and what Lee just mentioned is if all of us kind of had some basic information, we'd realize that a lot of the stuff we run to the doctors for um, or just taking the information the doctor takes from us, t- tells us and kind of processing it on our own, there'd be a lot less, um, I guess, less stress on the system, uh, yeah. on the healthcare system, less stress on the individual, the patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we'd probably have a healthier society. I, I think it is idealistic. But it comes what we're trying to preach twenty four oh seven, which is you know with education, one could make uh, better choices and better decisions, and most importantly, rest. <laughs> yeah, uh, huge. Yeah. I had a patient yesterday that we both know had a pretty serious injury. He was recovering really well, and we were just going back and forth about where he where he was in his injury. And he's like, you know, I just feel like if you just listen to your body in a healthy way, you can figure out a lot on your own then you could be kind of guided towards you know these milestones and he said that without even me eliciting that response i know who you're talking about yeah very smart dude this is a this individual um is very unlikely to seek medical help unless He's, he knows, uh-oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in this particular case, there was, um, there was an, in, I don't want to go into specifics, but, mm-hmm. you know, there was a relatively, uh, there was a trauma, mm-hmm. and he realized, whoa, something's not right, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, past incident, same situation, but uh, we could say he had, he has a lot of, bump, he's probably had many bumps and bruises, yeah. um, but that, that simple one-liner is if, you know, our body does guide us into what we need, mm-hmm. <clears throat> And um, most importantly, you know, going to a medical professional, you know, it should be, um, you should be letting them know what's been going on and right. then essentially help them guide you and vice versa. The body and a medical professional yeah. working as a team. Absolutely. I, I, uh, I was just quickly reviewing some stuff for pain science and I came across this article that it's not new, um, but it was written by, we've talked about him before, Lemire Mosley. Yes. Laura Mosley. And it, it, the language he uses to describe this information is so clear and it's so perfect. And he's he's a very good writer and he's obviously very, very smart. And I just loved it. It was you know, he went from the fact that uh, this is what we know about pain right now in terms of pain scientists, no deception. There's no such thing as pain receptors. There's always uh, chemical receptors. Uh, mechanical receptors, uh, temperature receptors, all these receptors that exist in our body, they give information back to our brain about danger. And then it's not until our brain interprets this information and then it will output a sensation. Now, this, this is the case with something where 
if the brain is overloaded with other information, like let's say lack of sleep, anxiety, stress, um, preconceived you know, notions of certain things. Exactly the the uh, the uh, element of feeling unsafe. Um, the, and the, he also talked about consciousness. Consciousness is huge. And this is another thing pain scientists are, they have a, a huge amount of information on in terms of subconscious influence versus the conscious influence. Um, but it was just, it was great. I mean, I, I think that should be the front page of every article that everyone's reading only because it's just information people should know. It's just something that if you know you open up the New York Times and you you're smart enough to read um you know the all the political crap that's going on or uh, any other policies that's happening you're able to put those synthesize that information. This is the same kind of thing that he pre- he presents it in a very methodical way, comprehensive and then you just have to connect it to yourself and I, I don't, you know, it, it started, we, we talked about it before, it started to get there, but I just wish it was like on the front page of everywhere. But it's now, I think it's more starting, like we talked about before, like in Europe, uh, New Zealand, Australia, and then itching its way over here. But I just wish other mainstream media would catch on. We, we, had, we both, um, we know a, a gentleman that wanted to start a <coughs> body school. What is it? Remember the, the little passport? The what? The passport. LB, body school. Oh, uh, um, one body. One body. But, you know, we had a, we still have, you know, he's still in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of our mentors kind of talked about, you know, just like we don't get financial information in, in a young age, you know, how to manage our finances, but just like a movement school or mm-hmm. <clears throat> body awareness school, I mean, just something to be taught. Yes, there's phys ed, and here in the United States, it's a slippery slope with activity well, levels in kids. Yeah. But um, all of this information is pretty readily available. Mm-hmm. But where, when is it provided? Usually it's provided when it's not that it's too late, but when someone is in a compromised position. Right. Um, as opposed to providing this information prior to the, the insult, whether it's spraining your ankle, getting hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Breaking your arm in an arm lock, arm lock, um, any of those. But if you have all these um, this information, you're able to say, "Oh, wait a minute. Can I wiggle my toes? Can I? Mm-hmm. Am I seeing lights? Can I feel? Am I? Is it swelling? I don't know. Basic first aid slash uh, basic information. I don't know mm-hmm. how to even phrase it, but I think that that could be a push for a curriculum change, not even on the college level. Just basic, yeah. Just like you said. Well, we talked about this before. What's the earliest age that kids start to learn about, let's say, anatomy? I think I asked you this Man, question once, and you're like, I don't hmm. even know. I mean, high school would be advanced. You'd have to take like an AP class of some sort. I mean, I would argue in nursery school, nursery uh, rhymes. How about heads, shoulders, knees, and toes? I don't know if they still. I haven't they been do, in a nursery school. I, I would but think so. Yeah, I, hope I mean, they look, do. little John, my little son. We're going over the nose, the eyes, the ears. There you go. Uh, so you're right, manos. Yeah, you're right. So right there, like, like, uh, that's the time to do it. I mean, uh, people talk about language, get those wow. kids involved with language, swimming lessons as soon as possible. Uh, oh, it was a great post, by the way. It's t- a little bit off subject, but uh, Helio Gracie, it was quoted, every child should learn, oh, God, I don't have my phone, but learn how to uh, fight, swim, and I can't remember what the other one was. 
maybe ride a horse. No, no, no. <laughs> but it was it was kind of what we talked about last time, where the swimming is a skill right. and fighting is also a skill. Anyways, but for anatomy, for the kids, I think that's the perfect time to do it. Like if you want to do something like language, other skills, uh, start teaching them about. Let's say, um, okay, you can squat right now like this. You oh, you man. have a perfect squat. You, you can maintain that. that. You can maintain that. But if you don't, you could show like a little animation of, you know, there's that movie Up. Uh, not Up. Uh, that movie. Oh, God, the space movie. Oh, whenever I'm in here, my brain just goes totally <laughs> he, to blank, man. I'm usually a good movie no, person. He usually uses movie references. The, the, the Disney movie, I think it was a Pixar, and it had the robot. It's the end of the world. and um, oh, Bots? No. Uh, there's two Wally, thank you. Wally. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, my mind just goes totally clogged. Wally. So, Wally, it had the animation of like why were humans the way they were, and it just showed this like a quick um, uh, evolution of technology and then our uh, de evolution as humans to become completely sedentary and, and being able to only to recline in those floating chairs. <laughs> so the, the, that's in a little extreme, but like you could show a child if you don't stay moving throughout your life and you don't stay active, you could lose thing, skills like being able to squat down and things like that. Uh, I'm um, off topic. My mm-hmm. little guy, I got to take this is perfect uh, content from my non-existent Instagram. Hopefully that'll change in a couple of weeks. So yeah, man, we're going to add you today. Th- to this the, is to this welcome stuff. world. Uh, <laughs> um, so watching my little John um, full squat, playing with books on the floor, mm. shifting his weight, manipulating things in his hand. Interestingly enough, if you touch his stomach mm. hard and it's a little popped out when he stands it's soft so think of like just what we try to teach our our clients which you know increasing abdominal pressure he's doing naturally naturally. and he's Mm. he's maintaining he's in you know below 90 his little feet are chilled out Mm -hmm. relaxed wow and he's shifting his weight so watching him and then he just pops up Mm. um he does hip escapes and and Mm -hmm. hip bridges but anyway i mean that's awesome He's 16 months. He's almost a year and a half this week, actually. Wow. Today. Year and a half today. Yeah, a year and a half today. Oh, so, um, but watching watching um, this development, it, it's clear mm. that we have the tools, right? We have the tools for movement. I mean, I'm not training the kid. I'm not telling him not to do it. It's <laughs> all, he's crawling. That. I mean, I- Come on, I, catch <laughs> the ball. <laughs> we got him throwing stuff. We got him doing sprints now. But no, mm. watching him climb around. I mean, look, it, it's it's- Sounds such a like cliche, like with design a move, but um, yeah, I'm finding this out much later in life. I mean, I've been active all my life, but jujitsu has definitely taught me mm. the nooks and crannies that have been uh, dormant <laughs> for some time. It's amazing. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, I, I think start young. I think that would be it's, uh, the difference is proactive versus reactive approach. Yes, yes, and that's. So, I mean, I think we're learning the hard way that we're be, uh, medicine and. In the United States, for the most part, is reactive. Yeah, and symptom. <clears throat> yeah, we go. We'll go back into a tangent here, but yeah, mm-hmm. just addressing symptoms as opposed to systemic causes or um, looking at multiple. You know, often the the symptom is coming from a system that's can be unrelated to what the cause is. Exactly. Um, and that kind of will tie into uh, our Eastern medicine yeah. down the road. 
So this is a touchy subject. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disclose that right now only because I follow a lot of leaders in the PT field, and I would say a hundred percent of them hmm. are against acupuncture. Wow, I didn't even know that. <laughs> and the reasoning is is because similar to what that blog I sent you. Yes, there is yes. no scientific according to them. There is no scientific evidence for acupuncture. All right, I, I'm gonna. Why? Yeah. I get it. I get it. Why would it stick around for X thousands of years? That's one of their arguments against the argument for. Right. Because they like, say that's not a, that's, that's not, not a reason. Right. Well, I could see why they say it, but this is this is what I'm learning. So I I'll give I, I'd like to give my background a little bit on this, and I would Just love full disclaimer. Yeah, I have to give the full disclosure, full disclaimer, only because if people find out the other way and they're like, wow. <laughs> Uh, but whatever. Um, so my girlfriend is a licensed acupuncturist. She's been practicing for about a year. It was a year in June. And um, she was a massage therapist before. And uh, we obviously, we have a business together. Uh, prior to meeting her and dating her, um, I was not I, I was not knowledgeable of acupuncture. I was actually very skeptical of it because I had never had it Um all I heard about it was the experiences of my patients for years, and so and and they weren't all favorable. There, some of them it was mixed bag. It was some of them had a terrible experience with it. Some of them had miracles with it. Some of them didn't even care about it, but they still got it. So I was like, ah, oh, this is. I, I really put it off. Like I kind of put it to the side. So when um, when I first started seeing my girlfriend, I had the same exact attitude, and this is before she was an acupuncturist. And she said, uh, I think it would be a good idea if you try acupuncture because I had all these complaints. They weren't like really physical, but they were more things that had been around my whole life. Um, and I was like, all right. So she sent me to one of her mentors um, who was so funny in the beginning. I think I told you the story when I first met her. Um, but I went, I went and met her on the eval and she was kind of um, – she had definitely a wall on her as she interviewed me, and and um, it was kind of like a not a battle, but it was just uh, at least there was no um, what's the what's the way of saying it? She, there was there was no um, both of you guys seem to be guarded. There you go. Yeah, yeah that's guarded, probably the simplest guarded, way to say guarded, it. Guarded, yeah. guarded, and she's uh, pretty serious. Initially, when you meet her, she's pretty serious. She like is. she's all business, and know? I like that. That tactic is good because it doesn't. Um, it doesn't make you feel one way or another about anything. Right. It just is like, hmm, what's going on? I'll just give you those answers, but I'm not going to go into an <laughs> <Yeah>. elaborate story. <laughs> like, you have allergies? Uh, do you sleep? Right. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and so when she finished the interview, she kind of like put down the paper and pen. She looked at me. She's like, you know, I used to hate physical therapists. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear this. Long pause. And I was like, oh, really? And she goes, until I broke my hand. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh, and she's like, then I went to go see an incredible physical therapist. I and know, we know them both. Yeah, we do, yeah, and, and I asked her who he was, and she, and I was like, oh my God, I know him, and she's like, oh, you do, and that, that kind of broke the ice, but um, anyways, long story short from that, it was an interesting experience. So uh, my point in all this is like, I didn't go in there like, oh, this is going to work for me, or oh, this is not going to work for me. I went in semi-neutral. And I think I have an okay bearing on whether or not I can go in there too biased. Um, but I was told that this would be helpful. That's the only bias I think I could I could have. Mm. So my complaints were, quote, chronic. And 
in my mind, uh, in my body, I thought these are things that I'll have to deal with for the rest of my life only because of certain things that happened to me when I was younger and my own experiences with these symptoms. So I didn't feel any way about it. So I went in there, got the treatment, felt like very weird in terms of afterwards and felt completely changed. For the next week, week and a half, the symptoms that I had been complaining about uh, to her and then that were kind of in the back of my head. And so just to briefly say, lack of sleep, so sleeplessness, definitely some anxiety, digestive issues, things like that. Um, They really changed. The sleep was the most significant thing for the week and a half. So I had, uh, I would always wake up every night, 2 to 3 a.m., you know, and then go back to sleep every every night. That was like, to me, that was everybody else did that. That was like a normal thing. Yeah, the same so, thing, man. It's crazy. It's nuts. And so when you tell someone, when you tell this to so, like an acupuncturist, they're like, nope, that's not normal. You should be sleeping the entire night and you shouldn't be woken up from anything. Da, da, da. Uh, so I was like, well, that's weird. Am I abnormal? All this stuff, whatever. Uh, but that changed. Crazy. And she she was also prescribed herbs for a certain amount of time. So anyway, so I kept seeing her over and over again. I saw her more. I had a higher frequency in the beginning versus than I do now. And the symptoms have completely changed. I'm three years now into it. I don't have the same digestive issues that I did. I'm off the herbs that she prescribed because the symptoms have gotten better. And this is kind of maintenance phase. My sleep has continued to get better and I haven't changed a thing. She's given me diet recommendations that are based in Eastern medicine, based on like temperature of food, timing of when to eat the food. That has changed everything. And, I, and things that I even think about, we learned about nutrition. We know about, we, we, we have a, a fair amount of knowledge about nutrition, being physical therapists and, and trainers. But this stuff is completely different. It's basically how your body responds to um, uh, how your body is, meaning versus uh, if I go and I have a cold salad and my, according to Eastern medicine, my body is more prone to generate more heat because of whatever it may be, you know, I, I don't want to talk about that yet, but like, you know, our organs, our hormones, they have a tendency to control chemicals that would generate, let's say, more heat or more energy. And some people are uh, will have more of that versus other people who do not, and they actually are a little bit colder, per se. So something like a salad is not going to help me that much in a certain state or cold food. So then just doing something as simple as warm food will really start to change things hormonally. So that all the change. So that that was my that was something right there for me because I was like I'm not real. I've tried things in the past to to change those things and and those things didn't work. And I did persist. I persisted with some things before and they still didn't work. So I found that really interesting. It's something that um I could attribute only to the uh, the process of the acupuncture, and that that included the education about nutrition, the needling, the herbs, and the repeated cycle of that over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I my experience very similar to Lee in that, you know, I was somewhat neutral to acupuncture. I mean, the first thought was, oh, there's needles, mm-hmm. and associated with some kind of meditation, something mystical, I guess. And when I met the acupuncturist, uh, same that Lee went to, uh, same similar kind of, not standoff, but very neutral 
position she had, so did I, and I was forthcoming with what was going on, similar to Lee in that I, I was looking for a recovery, decreased stress, anxiety, sleep was a little off as well, mm-hmm. for sure, uh, and just my recovery um, from working out. Like I, you know, we all work out you know, for different reasons, but essentially, you know, you would think you work out, you have more energy, you feel strong, and sometimes I would feel the reverse. But um, I, you know, again, I, the only bias I had was, oh, Lee, Lee, it's working for Lee. It's got to work for me. But I, I went in, and, and, and similarly, you know, there was um, the changes in my sleep were notable. Um, also, very similar, I would wake up at a certain hour every every night, pretty mm-hmm. much. And whether I had to go use the restroom or just wake up and then turn around and then go back to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I was a good sleeper mm-hmm. until I went to acupuncture. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, wow, that's what it feels like to be rested in to the morning. Sleep, yeah. Big difference. Um, my ability to just, I mean, this was in conjunction with starting meditation. So there was a, a confounding um, something else there. But mm-hmm. I would get acupuncture prior to managing a clinic huh? and a stressful clinic. Mm. And I would go in and people would think that I was on drugs or something because mm-hmm. they'd be like, you okay? I'm like, yeah. I was all blissed out. <laughs> and they would be like, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just... They're trying to throw stress yeah, at they're you. They're trying to like, why are you yeah, stressed? Right. Not exa- <laughs> this is really, really. They were like, why are you you're too relaxed? I'm like, what do you mean I'm too relaxed? I'm relaxed. It's Monday morning. I don't want to fuck. I don't want to stress. You can stress. And I would just, just, hey, unfortunately, by Wednesday, they stressed me out. But, but, but that day, I mean, I was walking around on a cloud. Um, aches and pains similar to, to Lee, chronic neck pain. Um, and some weird digestive things that I didn't even know. I didn't even mm. think of him as issues. I just thought of him, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So post-acupuncture, and I myself still go for like a maintenance session, probably monthly. Um, and if I have some issue, or uh, definitely when I started jujitsu, I ramped it up. When I went out on my own, on my own business, I had a lot of stress, amped it up. And it was it was just... It was definitely, um, I would say, life-changing in many aspects uh, in conjunction with a lot of other things that I'm doing. But uh, I love, oh, the dietary changes. I myself used to think, oh, I used to be into raw shakes. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to shake, uh, you know, make kale and avocado and kale, lemon. And I come to realize that... um, my body wasn't, I mean, I got sick a couple of times where I thought I got, quote, food poisoning, but... From the shakes. From the shakes, from salads, mm. from a whole bunch of salads. Maybe maybe it was mm. food, but, you know, my recommendation was also, hey, you know, you're, you you produce heat. Um, don't, don't put anything cold because it's going to produce more heat. Mm-hmm. And again, it sounded like, what the hell, what is this, you know? Yeah. Water, room temperature... No ice, mm-hmm. uh, and my body. Yeah, I cut dairy because of my, some of my symptoms. Anyway, I think mm-hmm. in a nutshell, um, it, it kind of aligns with my whole holistic mindset. And, and again, this stuff, I know it's not um, in a scientific community. One would, you know, since it's ancient, or well, it doesn't mean that it makes it right. But there's just some, some, just some life truth to some of this stuff they talk about. And just try. I mean, for any of you guys listening and 
are somewhat skeptic, uh, I would say go ahead and try. You know, I, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, uh, there's probably a gamut of practitioners out there, and we yeah. are lucky to work with someone that's was in the game, is in the game for a while. She actually is an instructor. She's the top of her game. Yeah, she's on top of her game. So we're kind of we're, we're lucky. We're lucky, but again. There are tons of good clinicians out there, so mm-hmm. um, I guess we could uh, our show notes at some point could show you where to find someone. Is that possible? Yeah, where to find um, we could list them up. Yeah, somewhere where you can get some quality clinicians in terms of their credentials. Yeah, and, and it's it's funny to me because what you said there was super important. I had been thinking about this for a very long time ever since I started getting acupuncture, and the more articles I read and the posts that I read from the PT leaders and stuff like that. Whenever they cite their arguments against it, they're, they think it's, they, they first of all think it's low value. They think it's harmful. And, they, and they, the, the reason why they equate the harm is because they'll cite uh, a dry needling example. And this is, this is where we get more. Like an more, infection? Or? No, like something serious. So like, uh, well, first, let's talk about dry needling real quick. Hmm. Dry needling is not real. Like I, I want to clarify that, meaning dry needling is acupuncture. Dry needling is a term used from chiropractors and physical therapists as a marketing term to to sell that technique. We mm-hmm. didn't learn how to needle in PT school. We no, did not. No, we didn't. So these physical therapists, that it's legal in certain states in the United States, but not all, um, who perform dry needling as a treatment are doing it because they were, quote, trained during a weekend course. And so that's... That's scary. That's usually like three days around uh, of needling um, versus an acupuncturist that goes anywhere between three to four years of schooling and it equates to about thousands of hours of needling. They needle each other all the time and then they go in clinic and needle real patients and they learn from their instructors. It's similar to how we have affiliations. They do that and if you think... That this this goes back to a conversation we had in another podcast about physical therapists sometimes believe they took a yoga class they can be a yoga instructor. Right, Pilates, it's the same yeah. fucking thing. And you got it. You can't like it, I, there's a huge debate at the in the APTA regarding this. And I'm unfortunately, in my opinion, um, the people who were against the dry needling movement lost, and has the movement has is going to push forward almost in every state. They're going to try to do it in every state. Um, but that's from our APTA. Now, I, the, my argument is this. I, I only have expertise in like quotes, uh, sorry, quote expertise in certain areas. And one of them is kettlebell training. And I don't, we're, we're, we're apparently able as physical therapists to prescribe exercise. Like we quote, know enough from school in our licensure to prescribe exercise out of school. When I see a physical therapist do a kettlebell exercise with a patient and they haven't had the proper training, that is way more harmful than I could, anything that I could think of. Because the mis- misinformation they're giving the patient, the unsafe positions that they're putting the patient in, and that's just kettlebells for Christ's sake. So I don't even think PTs should be using kettlebells unless they take a basic uh, user course. User course, RKC, SFG. They they should have some basic friggin' knowledge on that before they put something as a powerful tool as a kettlebell in the, in the person's hand. Like it's a, it's a it can be a dangerous analogy, but I'd give the analogy of 
when someone learns how to shoot a gun, there's some significant training on that, or else you're going to keep shooting yourself in the foot. Right. So why do you think something as serious as needling somebody? Oh, puncturing the pun- I mean, puncturing the skin and yeah. So the serious cases that these guys cite again from people who've been had uh, trained in dry needling, massage therapists trained in dry needling. Uh, I think other physical therapists trained in dry needling, an instructor apparently who was leading a dry needling course who's a physical therapist. Th- we're talking about punctured lungs. We're talking about, yeah, that's, that's oh the, well, those are the worst case scenarios. And so they'll, they'll immediately flash those articles. Like there was this one Olympian swimmer who went and got acupuncture, but it wasn't. It was a dry needling from a physical therapist, and they ended up puncturing the lungs. They went too deep, and now they their career is over because they had to um, – Again, I have a brain fart whenever I'm in this room. Uh, but like, what's, what's when the lung collapses? Mo- thank you, new morthorax. Yep. Um, it, and it, oh, it's so such a poor example. It's such a poor example. That's not like you. You, I can't find an article where an acupuncturist, let's say, like the ones that we're talking about right now, right. they're they don't they don't have situations like this because they know this information. They have that experience. They know what gauge needle to use in certain areas. And they've been trained. Yeah, even a personality type. Yes. Um, you know, they have different gauges for different areas of the body. If you're a little... And I've had complete, by the way, depending on how your body is, I'm sure you could... Depending on how your body is that day, or, you know, we're we're constantly changing, right? But I've had moments where I was coming down with a cold. I had, like, poor sleep. Maybe mm-hmm. I had, like, a little allergy going on. This, my sensitivity was through the roof. Mm-hmm. Or if I was a little sympathetically driven, up, mm-hmm. I get in there, those needles feel like you know, much more sensitive. And then there are other areas of my body. If she goes into like my foot or my hand, mm-hmm. you know, these are more sense. Anyway, she knows this. And the point I'm trying to make here is she makes adjustments, right. uh, whether it's the gauge, whether it's the depth. But yeah, I don't think a weekend course is going to be sufficient for that. No, and it, and I, no, yeah, I totally agree. And in regarding the things that they jump on, number one, I don't think they these people don't have ever had true acupuncture. Right. I don't think they've ever had it because if they have had acupuncture with a with a good clinician, I think it, they might be slightly shifted. That's number one. Number two, the evidence that they're talking about that there is no evidence to show it's effectiveness or the efficacy for it if you show these methods of the studies to a traditional acupuncturist which i I have done they highlight really important things you have a a series of people right and first of all they usually study things like pain that's the primary thing and and what do we know about pain Mm. it's it's modulated by how many different things unlimited we don't know everything that's That's right yeah. yeah it's a confluence of things and even uh, well, first, sorry to backtrack a little bit. The 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 it has been established through these the the scientific analysts and things like that, and the PTs that um, and the pain scientists that acupuncture can have only uh, it can only have a change in patient symptoms because of the therapeutic ritual. So the therapeutic ritual is similar. It can happen anywhere, like in the doctor's office, in the physical therapy office. But let's say the patient comes in, they give their information, and then the clinician gives uh, an example of what they're going to do for that day. They do it, and it's like a a gigantic placebo effect. I get it. But 
if, again, if you if you show the methods to um, a traditional acupuncturist of uh, who's doing these studies uh, that don't show any difference from sham acupuncture or a placebo, whatever it may be, or let's say PT, um, they're flawed. They're hugely flawed. So, like, let's say shoulder pain, you wouldn't use these same protocols on every single person because every single person is different in terms of the presentation. So, but they're they would do different protocols. An acupuncturist would do a different protocol. That's number one. Number two is uh, the they, they this is and the PT leaders they really hate when people say this, but. You can't measure what it's doing because we don't know exactly how it's affecting the body. There's theories, and there are people uh, in scientific institutions who are studying this right now. They're they're studying uh, on a cellular level what's happening when a needle gets inserted and what's happening to the brain using functional MRI, using other things, chemical changes in the blood, and they're only scratching the surface. They are finding significant things. These studies haven't been published yet, but... um, through different companies, uh, acupuncturists have found out that, like, let's say, PhDs at uh, Brigham's, Brigham's, Brigham's and Women's Hospital in Massachusetts, there's PhD candidates who are who are doing this right now. They're they're, they're trying to figure out uh, the cellular changes, and they have have come on some significant break breakthroughs apparently um, regarding it. But so what what that's telling me is that they're measuring things that are not going to change via acupuncture. So if you simply just measure range of motion, pain, all these bullshit things that usually have a, a small effect um, from treatment, then you're not going to find anything. You're right. You're not going to find anything. Yeah. And if you, if you want to jump onto the bandwagon and see the studies that say like shama acupuncture has the same effects as real acupuncture in terms of pain or range of motion. I mean, these are markers that we know will be soonly, you know, that they're really there for insurance purposes, really. I mean, yeah. and exactly. yes, yeah. And yeah. yes, with it, we're doing it. That's what we learned. You know, we learned with a goineometer, what a hundred, you know, shoulder range of motion. You know, we, it's, it's, it's good to bullshit. take note. It's, good it's to not, know. it's not the primary shit you should be aware of. Right. It's it's not. It's it's small. It's data points, really. There you I, go. It's data a data points. point. It's easy to collect. It's somewhat replicate, you know, repli- recli- I can't even say it. <laughs> I don't it's know. It's reckless. Re- reproducible. It's reproducible. <laughs> wow. It's this is crazy over here. We need some ginkgo. <laughs> holy shit. We need some <laughs> alpha brain or whatever oh, it's what, called. Yep. Some, um, holy. But <laughs> this bull, you know, it, it's, I think the functional MRIs, functional brain scan, that's gonna. That's really interesting. I, I've read articles that show that there are changes after. I mean, similar to people being in a bit of an alpha state, similar to a meditative state. Yes. Post acupuncture, brain waves, and brain and waves. representation of the body parts. So that has been established. Yes. But it's so funny when they when these experts and analysts uh, anal- they they look at that and they're like, that's no different from what happens with PT. And you want to be like, yeah, that's it's exactly. all the fucking same thing, you assholes. Yeah, right, it's, right, like, right. It's, it's a different median. Exactly, and and it's not harmful. It, I think it has uh, a a huge effect on something that we can't tap into. We can educate somebody and it it really depends on if we if we get through to the person or not to change like hormone levels and things like that to facilitate healing but they can tap into these things using these points on the body for recovery sleep 
uh, hormones that uh, reinforce the body to be more efficient and you know, create a better environment. Do you think, uh, I'm sorry to cut you no, off. No, no, please. Do you think of, you know, that whole, there's a whole theory that if you look at uh, embryonic development, right? The neural tube. Neural tube, yeah. Skin in the out, brain. Skin in the brain, exactly. <laughs> Maybe, you know, they'll find that, you know, tapping these points have a direct connection to organ function, right? And all driven from the brain. I mean, nerve mo- yeah. Uh, modulation, yeah. yeah. 100%. 100%. Now, they don't have the technology. We don't have the technology to study these things. Like, we. We this information on pain science has come forth because they put information together. They can't sit there and be like, "We're going to track this neuron or this synaptic track from da 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 and all the way back down." Can't do it. Can't yeah. do it. You'd have to take the person apart. So they do it on animals, sure, but or what we talked about before, like zebrafish. But <laughs> they they they've come to that information for the synthesis of other stuff, and so well, like mice. My <laughs> no, what's interesting about acupuncture is that animal studies have always shown a significant effect versus sham, and they these guys acknowledge that, but they think it's bullshit. It's hilarious to me. I was like, animals are way more of an indication. But dry needling's okay. Uh, right, well, dry needling is fine for them because oh no, no, I shouldn't say that. They're against dry needling as well because um, they that's in their category of low value treatments like ultrasound God. and shit and manual therapy. What's um, what? The- What's a high value? Just education. Edu- just education and exercise. That's like, the- okay, listen. You're really out of shape. We need to make you squat. Right. I, I mean, this is- All right. We're going <laughs> to this- start with some heel taps, <laughs> hip bridges. I'm going to put some uh, ankle weights on your ankle, and you're going to do marches. All right. More. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Hold on. God, <laughs> <laughs> my fucking phone. Oh shit! No, that's crazy, man. It's. I, I think they go too deep. I think there's way more issues in. The, and this is the other thing that too bothers me. It's like these are our leaders. Focus on other really important shit for our lobby. Profession. Yeah, get your lobby straight. Get go, your money. St- go get get to the senators. Get to get make yeah. some changes on a large level. Go go to the insurance companies. Fight for our uh, friggin' right to have more money per unit build or let's say Units. get get get, get uh, education unit. I don't know some uh, some, that's something oh, that would a, be helpful big, for us. It's a big one. Yeah, yeah. Education. Forget about this. Like yeah, sure. Ultrasound sucks. You know, uh, all these other things suck that don't work. They're gonna weed out. I guarantee you that there's there's more information out there right now regarding uh, effective treatments, high value treatments. They're gonna eventually weed out. But if you are leading our field and and you're talking about things, why don't you just focus on what's gonna keep our field alive? You know, I don't know. I mean, education and squats. Education <laughs> and squats. Uh, Maybe. No, but I um for all of those who haven't you know tried acupuncture. Uh, you know, it, it, it. I think it's a great tool, and and for a, I don't. My personal opinion on like dry needling uh, is it's kind of again out of our scope. Uh, if you think of the amount of training an acupuncturist gets, and it ties into a bit of an isolated approach because dry needling is not looking at meridians; right. it's looking at muscle. Really, it's probably looking to get some kind of release of a muscle. Exactly. Um, whereas, you know. Acupuncture may have some releasing, but it's much more of a systemic approach, you know, holistic approach to looking at 
multiple systems and how they interact as opposed to, oh, my, oh, your upper trap is really tight. Let me just get in there and release, release your it. upper trap, you know, not not talk about why their upper trap is even tight in the first place. Right? Exactly. It's, that's, that's why they have to educate themselves about acupuncture because when someone goes into a good acupuncturist and they get evaluated in the first treatment, how long was the intake form? Oh, the intake form was probably more just as intense as my primary care. More, way more. Way more. You know, and, and it went, yes, it went into hab- different habits. It went into foods I eat. It went into the timing of those foods. How How is your relationship? Are you in a relationship? Stress. How, how is your work? <laughs> Stress. So it was all bad news, right? It was all bad news. <laughs> it, I, but I found, I, I appreciated that so much. Like, they're like, all right, how do you do with food? Like, you you feel like you have a healthy diet. Are you underweight? you overweight? So I, I loved it because I was like, now this person who's getting this information, they're going to look at all these things. And they're going to take all these things into account instead of how much pain are you in today? Out of 10, 10 being the hospital, zero many, nothing. That doesn't fucking help I would love for you to record. Just give me one recording. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, give me one you recording. You would literally fall off your chair. One it's so recording. Bad. We, we I, this is an actual quote. I have to say that there was a, there was a patient who supported uh, some political crazy person who was wearing some apparel that represented that person. Wow. And uh, everybody got upset. Ah, you know, like everyone talked in the break room. And then one of these geniuses said, if I was in another country, I'd shoot him. I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, wow. what? You guys are talking about a patient. Like, Come this is on, you're, you're crazy. Is it, well, like, we don't know names, but it, no. Does it say make? What did he have a hat that said make? Yeah, there's no other pair. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right. But I mean, wow, wow, it, wow, wow. Is that? I mean, leave it alone, man. This is, the, but this is the state of like of thinking. I don't know. Like it's weird shit that's being said. And then in terms of clinic clinical stuff, it's very. Well, disturbing. it's like you know you follow the rules. No religion, politics, yes. sex. You know. Yeah, exactly. It's don't even touch it. And and if you have some, are you if you're really upset about something, why don't you wait till you go home, and well, then you no, can talk about it with your significant other or something. Yeah, stuff like this, I believe is uh changes a whole therapeutic ritual that you're discussing it, it adds in it adds in all these other things and i think mm-hmm. you know when we're working with patients obviously it's a pretty uh, intimate space physical therapy and manual therapy and and just the vulnerability of the patient mm-hmm. um yeah you know you you're going to have some small talk there but you you want to minimize that um mm-hmm. Just, I mean, again, I'm not saying to be a robot and just treat your patient, no, but um, it's professionalism. It's just professionalism, right? Keep it, keep it professional. I'm gonna say something else. <laughs> it's so true. I was listening to Joe Rogan recently. He was talking to um, this other guest that versus what we talked about last time, but he said something interesting. He was he was discussing his podcast and why he has it, and I really appreciate it because he's like, you know, there's there's no more skill. There's no more um, emphasis on the skill to talk to people. And he, that's what he liked about uh, the continued success of his podcast is that he's developing that and he thinks that's important. That's a cool, yes. And I totally, 100% agree with him because it is somewhat of a, not a lost skill, but it's a skill that's not being reinforced these days only because we have technology that you could totally avoid it. And, no, I um, can't. I mean, which is I, I've been really, really lucky. One, one of my affinities with a lot of my clients um, 
being from a different generation, an older generation than myself, Mm. uh, unfortunately a dying breed, but these are men and women that valued, that that have values, let's just put it that way. Mm. But more importantly, you know, the ability to look look somebody in the face, uh, had integrity, and they had this conversational, uh, this level of pleasantry and conversational discourse that the youth doesn't. No, um, and again, and not, did they have all the positive attributes? I don't want to knock anybody that's in a different generation, but um, but it's, millennials. Uh, no. But it's <laughs> but it's um, but yeah, the the the, con- the, the <clears throat> art of conversation is lost. Yeah, he's a good, he's a great speaker. Yeah. He, um, I, by the way, to go back to our old podcast, yeah. I did listen. The cat. Oh man, that was good, she's right? Got, yeah, man, she's got some delays, man. Yeah, it's pretty it's crazy. Pretty interesting. I mean, she. She's a brave woman, you know, to because yeah. there was times where she kind of just zoned out. Yeah. Well, I I thought it was interesting when she explained how bad it was when, and it, we we can somewhat relate. The teacher goes over something in jujitsu class or MMA class, and they're like, "All right, A, B, and C yeah. is what we're gonna do," and then they're like, "All right, ready, break," and you go with your partner like, "What? I don't even know what we're doing." And she'd try to pull, <laughs> and she would try to just wing it, yeah. and it would be something completely <laughs> totally different. different. And that I, I was I try to imagine that every time I go in, I'm like, imagine if I didn't like my partner would probably get upset at me number one, but I'd be like, wow, that's like that's that's some intense short term memory. Wow, it, so. it was it's pretty pretty inspirational to um to hear that uh, and the primal cry to scream. Yeah. Oof. So cool, man! The, 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 I the whole thing, like I get the bone. Yeah, oh man, I loved it. I I heard um something. I mean, this is totally on a tangent. Sorry to go, but I I. <laughs> I, I one of uh, our training partners said, oh, I've been out for two weeks. I don't know how I'm going to do. I said, you know, he came back and um, I said, hey, how'd it go? You broke the ice. And he was like, yeah, you know, just a little of that fighting spirit. You know, mm-hmm. I'm missing a little of that fighting spirit. And I, you know, reflected on that. I was like, wow. I, from day one, I, I've always in my head said, oh, this is, this is not, I'm learning techniques. Uh, and then I look at my gi and it said, what the hell? The best, best thing a man can have is a fight, or the, yeah. the ability to the fight ability to fight, or the, mm. the spirit of fight. That's Henzo. Yeah, it's Henzo. Henzo, hundred mm. percent. And I was like, shit. It's, and then I just reflected on my class and my training partner, and yeah, you know, we're friendly, but I, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to get out of his uh, his guard, which I couldn't do. But mm-hmm. it was it was definitely a fight, you know, um, yeah. a controlled one. But yeah, it's it's some cool stuff. And and going back to Joe Rogan. Interviewing Cat, uh, what was it Zingano? Zingano, uh, she was you know she was very open about <clears throat> her her struggle, and I'm pretty it's pretty crazy that she's gonna fight again though. I mean, yeah, she had really... a TBI, and that, well, she the the chances of something if I mean it could be fatal. No, I mean it depends, um, and I don't know who she's fighting in Boise. Um, but yeah, and then that was one thing that Joe highlighted how how brave she is to come on and talk about it, but also to continue on in the career. And she he asked her specifically, "Do you think you're going to retire yeah. soon?" And she, I think it's tough for people like her because you when you hear her talk about fighting, she's definitely quote a winner. She's a competitive winner. I mean, she's she's athletically inclined. She's been into scuffles prior to jujitsu. Yeah, <laughs> she exactly. seems like one of those girls in high school yeah. that that you know the crowds who get around. Um, I, you hear it. You yeah. can hear it in her. But I, I totally respect it because I, I am. I don't have that same fighting spirit in terms of that intensity level. That's why she is where she is. Right. 
And I, I think that's so cool because like that's that's such a skill again. And, and I feel like for individuals like that, when they get to that point in their career, like they have to make a decision. That's tough. That's really tough. Like Henzo Gracie, he's, he's going to have another fight. He's, he's going to have a retirement that. fight. A retirement. Hey, uh, who's he fighting? Uh, this other guy who's going to retire right after the fight, too. He's a former UFC fighter. I don't know his name. Um, uh, some uh, guy out of Japan. Maybe that's why I, well, mm. they're all in the house today. Maybe they probably they're probably training them for sure. But I, I, I so that I think that's like it's it's such a dilemma for them because they have that need. Even though let's say you have someone who was on the top of the game the entire time, it's still like a drug for them to win. She, and there was a cool a cool analogy with the PTSD with fighter. Well, in her case in particular. Uh, she kind of related it to a soldier, right? Yeah. That's in combat. And, yep. you know, part of the issue with coming back home is not having... Purpose. Purpose. That mm-hmm. adrenaline, that looking over your back. And, you know, you come into day-to-day, you know, normal life is seemingly boring. I mean, it's a scary... It seems to be a scary state of mind. I can't relate to it, but... um, You ever see Hurt Locker? Oh. Seen pieces of it. Yeah, oh, you man, gotta see the whole thing. Yeah. That's a great movie. But that's like that's a somewhat of a representation of all that. With the bomb guy, right? Yeah. Yes. yes and yes, he yes. was he like came back for a little while, but he's totally miserable. And then when he went back, he was like a superstar, and he felt so good. It's th- but that's stuff. real. That's that's like and that's it's which it what's interesting to me is like when people talk about the human condition, and then you have the existence of PTSD. They obviously our our brain is not able to handle that amount of stress and death and things like that. But when you hand a human being that purpose and they're good at it, then you kind of forego all that stress and you're able... They're in the moment. Yeah, they're <laughs> in the moment. But it's it's tough. I mean, obviously, we're not trained psychologists, but this is, this is something that is, a, I think, a big conundrum for a lot of psychotherapists. Yeah, and the amount of guys... I mean, look, we've been at in or around some kind of war for quite some time. So there's a lot of guys, you know, amongst us uh, that are probably, you know, fighting some demons on a day-to-day, as we all are, mm-hmm. um, but at a whole different level, you know. Uh, you know, again, I don't want to knock anybody's stress level. Right now we're in downtown Manhattan, <laughs> and there's some probably individuals stressed out about X, Y, and Z, but... In relation, you know, have they been in that life and death situation or is it a perceived threat? Um, Mm -hmm. And this goes into our whole pain science. But, uh, you know, these gentlemen and ladies that have been in combat and fighters, you know, they obviously the fighting is a little different in that it's a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe for some of them, it's not. You know, yeah, I mean, some of them do it for if they don't have any other skills or training, then they, they do it for money and. Uh, even though there's not a lot of money in it, uh, you know, there's there's not the same amount of money, let's say, in boxing or other athletics. She she compared it to some gladiator. I think I was listening. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, that was GSP. I think that was another crazy pot. Did you hear that one? Yeah, I did. I love that oh, one. Oh man, he's so funny. He is the man. He <laughs> he is the. He didn't like he doesn't like strength training or he doesn't believe in the carryover of. Right, uh, I think it's timing too. Like in terms of camps, he doesn't do any strength training during camps. Uh, he just focuses on the skill, which I really like. Um, water, and then water training, water training. Um, but yeah, he's, he's very interesting person cause he's had, uh, continued success and then had a layoff and then had a success after the layoff, which is really rare statistically. And um, age. And then he's got the age thing. 
So, um, no, he's 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 amazing. Yeah, they are like gladiators. I mean, they even though they're not like fight to the death, like Thunderdome shit. Two men out, one <laughs> two, two men in, one man out, or whatever it is. Uh, I can't I don't, you know, it's crazy, man. The way we're going, mm. I don't see we're, we're not too far off. I mean, it sounds, oh, 100%. It, sounds, it sounds nuts, but I mean, no, man, I it's totally just a matter agree. of, it's just a matter of, look, man, I, I, you know me, I watch a lot of movies and I'm a huge fan of like Mad Max, Fury Road, all the Mad Max movies. That was great. Um, they also like, this is, well, this is a separate one, separate theme, but somewhat of like, uh, where we're going. Uh, if you want to watch, if you have time to watch like a, some of a stupid movie, Idiocracy, Sounds familiar. So yeah. it, it didn't. It, I don't think it was even released in the theaters. I think um, it was Netflix. I don't even think Netflix has it. Like you'd have to go to like Amazon or something. Um, but Mike Judge is the same individual who did Office Space, and he created oh. Beavis and Butthead. He did this one, uh, and it's basically this uh, extreme example of where we could go. And this is pre. What happened November 2016? <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> this is, but what's amazing is like this movie that came out uh, that in that movie you could totally see how that could be plausible now. So like you have elected officials were former WWE people um, who were like running place by like having machine gun just shooting around just like to show off their their muscles and sh- shit like that. So it's you got to see the movie. It, it's crazy. Um, far off. Yeah. So like stuff like that. And but in there, there's like the intelligence has got, like shot way down. And so like doctors are really stupid, and uh, they're <laughs> apparently like one of the smartest people. Um, Anyway, that, I don't want to ruin it. No, if no. someone wants to watch it, but it's it's an interesting interesting movie. But I I agree with you. I, it's not too far off. I feel like we went up for a little while, and then now we're gonna go back down. Or oh, even Running Man. Do you remember that movie, I Running Man? Running Man. Running Man was great. That was based on a book. Had Arnold Schwarzenegger in the in the running. You know, and I remember the running. Yeah. That was insane. That was there was there's a lot of theme. There was a lot of themed movies like that. I'm sure it happens. I mean. I'm sure it happens. There's definitely some underground. There has to be. Well, like underground uh, gladiator fight to the death. Oh yeah, like Fight Club and yeah. shit like that. Definitely. Fight Club. I want to. That's another one. That's another one. Yeah. People just bare fisting it. Fuck was I telling? I was telling one of my cousins or something. I was like, oh, you're doing that Fight Club stuff, man. And he said, "Is you crazy? Yeah, yeah." And, and, oh yeah, it's Fight. And then Club my shit. brother was like, <laughs> "You know, it was all in his head." I, I'm sorry to do it. That was a spoiler alert. Spoiler. Alert. But um, I gotta watch that again. That's a good movie. Well, the Fight Club part wasn't in his head. It was just the character Tyler Durden was in his head. Um, so he was he was doing dual roles there. They were cool. talking about a sequel for a while, but um, cool tangential. We might yeah. change the name of this uh, podcast, which is good though. That that's um, it's, it's why the we're Joe doing. Rogan analyst show right, and right, right. the tangential experience. Yeah, we we analyze his podcast. Wow, <laughs> which is crazy. Oh man! How are we I, doing on time? We we got time yep. for the museum. Yes, let's oh, talk cool. about the museum for sure. So this is a good. Uh, <laughs> this is a last minute plug, which uh, which was pretty on point. Things that belong yeah. in a museum, whether it's a fitness museum or a physical therapy museum. Physical therapy museum. 
at the Smithsonian. Yeah, top of the list <laughs> is the Smith machine, which I I see all the fucking time still on Instagram and like social media. No. Why? Why do? Yes, why squatting? do people squatting, lunging? You have like these people who have millions of followers, and they're like, oh, "I'm gonna work my glutes out today," and they're like doing fucking squats on the Smith machine. I'll tell I'll tell a story about the Smith machine. <laughs> With last time I've ever used the Smith machine was probably about seven. Oh, no, no, no. 15 to 17 years ago, somewhere in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Tall gentleman. He's about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, He's still training with me. Nice. Um, I used a Smith machine. I used to use it for squats. Mm. I used to use it for shoulder presses sitting on a bench. Oh, me too. Oh Horrible stuff, man. And the guy had, um, unbeknownst to me, he had a mild scoliosis. Mm. So I had this guy doing some squats because he had no hip mobility. He had no ability to hip hinge. Mm. So we get him under the bar, and he went to go squat. And Mm. he was squatting and blah, 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 blah. And he felt the pop in his thoracic spine. Mm. He dropped down. I grabbed the bar. He's on the floor. whole gym is looking at me. Holy shit. Long story short, he couldn't breathe well. Um, It might have been a, quote, herniation in his thoracic spine long you know he he was fine uh it was like a muscle strain in his thoracic spine but it sounds like we loaded him and mm-hmm. he had no escape route right and he had that curvature has that curvature so lesson learned that was the last time i ever used a smith machine Shit. um and then during my studies and just common sense said, wow this is a predetermined range of motion mm-hmm. you know there's no escape of, you know, it, it's seemingly a, quote, safe machine because you could kind of rack the weight up. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, knowing what we know about movement, you know, it, it's, it's it's not the way to go, guys. Yeah, so it, it, it's, I'm trying to think when the last time, I can't remember the last time I used it, but I firmly stopped using it when I was in Equinox. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going through their tier training, and when I went to, like, I think it might have been tier two or tier three, the teachers were talking about... Um, multi-joint movements versus single joint movements and so there was exercise physiologist there who used to teach the whole series and he was going over the fact that just trajectory wise when you do a multi-joint movement you're going straight like you have a a straight line for the most part Um, for a single joint movement you're going to have an arc so like a knee extension or something right so oh, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah. yeah. So when they when they talk about the Smith machine, they they drew it out, and you could see from you know the horizon, you never have um, a straight line like when you do a squat. You're always going to have like this weird curvature, yes. just from if you're looking at the sagittal plane. Like if you look at the sagittal plane view. So that's number one. So like you're getting all these other forces that are going on to compensate for that that movement, and then you're just kind of locked in there into that position. And so that for me, that was like, God, I, there's no purpose for me to do this anymore. Why not just have them free squat or free lunge? Have them, if they can't do it with weight, just teach them how to do the move all this other stuff. But yeah, I mean, I used to, the same thing I used to do for presses, uh, incline bench presses. That was my favorite. I, I yes. would do, in terms of the legs, I never did squats, but I did, I think I did do deadlifts on there once. Oh, and I man. did uh, lunges. Lunges. Yeah, I used to do reverse lunges on there. Yeah. Just hang on the board. Now, if, it is available in the many gyms that I uh, train or treat. <laughs> I use it as a modified push-up. So I have my go. older guys just grab onto the bar. So there is use. Yeah. 
But you can get you could do the same thing with a squat rack uh, instead of the bar. Do the same thing on a wall. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wouldn't. Bench. You don't need a yeah, bench. I mean, a, a TRX. It belongs in a museum. Yes, yes, <laughs> in glass. And yeah, this man. is how a lot of orth- orthopedic surgeons made a lot of money, right? I mean, that's right. Paul checks quote. Um, <laughs> so yeah, oh. Oh, the second one's my favorite uh, by far because I see this still mm-hmm. every day from the same group of therapists. Oh, my God. So the idea <laughs> of – and I'm going to use an example when we were in PT school, and it really made a significant impact on me. Do you, obviously, you remember Dr. Cantor. Yes. Um, <laughs> he had a, a, a very significant story about um, back in the days before they knew about, um, like, uh, brain plasticity and stuff like that. Um, when patients had traumatic brain injuries and or had strokes, things like that, instead of giving them things like physical therapy and stimulate their laterality or their ability to weight bear and stuff like that for their brain to change, they, in some hospitals, they would do mundane exercises such as give them a pen and have them take the pen apart and put the pen back together. And they would just repeat this motion back or this this, uh, thing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And that was supposed to stimulate their coordination and also get them to, like, do a simple task. Is that similar to the pins, too? Like, pin, like they just move a pin over? Possibly. Yeah, I think oh, they would yeah. do – but I remember he, but that – the pen just – The pen really had, like, an impact on me because it was, it was, like, widespread, apparently. I didn't know anything about it before he said anything. But that's what the marbles are for the fucking foot. It's just you, – mm. you take – so the what we're talking about is the marbles – that physical therapists claim that it's training intrinsic coordination and strength, and that's hilarious to me, strength, to <laughs> grab <laughs> various sized marbles, pick them up with your toes, move them over, I don't know where, like a foot over and drop them in a, a bucket or whatever the fuck it is, a cup. <laughs> <laughs> and you do this over and over again. And it's not like the therapist that I see doing it, it's not like they do this on day one and day two and then they're done. This they do advanced. this like six months in. They're like, we're going to do the marbles again. And they're like all excited because like the I got marbles. the big one last time. And I'm the like, marbles. Dude. I've, I've seen patients get excited about the marbles, um, you know, because it's, it's this task. takes about three to four minutes. And sometimes they'll be like, do it again. All right. <laughs> Empty out the cup. And then the poor person that's helping us out has to clean these marbles. Right, they got to wash they clean, them. They got to wash these marbles in like a disinfectant. So you got multiple people with... The, the marble, <laughs> these marbles are affecting a lot of people in the clinic, so we should probably just get, I mean... Let's do a cost-benefit analysis of this whole situation. <laughs> you, you, you bought the marbles, right? And the patient comes in, and they, they are seeking high-value treatment for the most part. If, they, uh, you know, if you ask them, they're not going to be like, yeah, I'm looking for the low-value treatment yeah. table. <laughs> they're looking for high-value... Some value. do. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, so the, 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 the therapist is proposing certain meth- or certain theoretical claims that this is supposed to be doing because when asked they uh, they give them the answer like strength and no, intrinsics intrinsic bullshit and uh, if anything it's it's just giving them the ability and confidence and maybe like modulating their symptoms by doing a simple task it's not giving them strength you, you'd be, be more beneficial to spend a unit raising your big toes raising your little toes trying to spread your toes trying stand to stand on one leg How's stand that? on one leg there you go so functional so <laughs> And then, so that you got the cost of billing a unit uh, of therapeutic marbles. exercise of marbles. Insurance companies deny marbles. <laughs> deny marbles, and then you you have to have 
either the physical therapist or if you're lucky enough to have uh, an aide, take those marbles, clean them, and then they have to let them dry. And like, imagine the time it takes to do that and then get ready for the next patient who's going to do another bullshit exercise. Marbles, marbles. Yeah. Yeah, then doming. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I think those two things need to be. I, didn't, I forgot to put doming up there. Doming is, it's not useless. It's just, it's not doing what they think it's doing. Yeah. By By doing this over and over again with your feet, you're not going to form a new <laughs> windless mechanism with your your foot, or you're going to no, form you'll a create new an arch. arch. No, you're just you're just going to. It's gonna, okay if you don't have an arch, guys. You you. It's the same thing as doing this. It's the same thing as. I, I, and the more I do this, I'm not going to be stuck like this. The more I do it, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be moving. That's it. It's a little tangent. Eh. Oh, nice. Back. That's back. really this good. This morning, I just realized. hundred percent. Like I'm, I'm back. I still tape it. It still gets a little swollen. Uh-huh. Talking about a, a jujitsu finger. A jujitsu finger that has came back to life six months later. Nice man. The body heals, guys. I, yeah. I didn't think it would. It looked. It was. It was looking bleak. Amazing. <laughs> but it, it, you know. And it takes time. It takes time. You time, and you keep keep moving. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're gonna go. We're gonna skip. So. <laughs> you Please, to... we're going to skip to the straight, straight oh, to the okay. shake weight. The shake um, weight. Let us know your thoughts on the shake weight. <laughs> Please let us know if you own a shake weight. If you do, <laughs> I hope it's for other purposes because it's like it's that's a very use. I mean, you're just I, I literally get the same workout when I'm shaking my shaker bottle to drink my shake. Yeah, it's it's it was a big a very big joke in graduate school. Oh my it was God. it's they sell it in CVS and Dwayne Reed they still Target. Sell it? I, I don't know if they still sell it, but I'm sure the shake weighted whoever the hell there is there is some dollars. millionaire. Please they're in, they're in some contact us. <laughs> Let us know how you came up with the idea. We'd oh, love to I have know you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to see. I don't the think there was some sort of revolutionary oh I, thought process. I think it was just like, oh, I just shake around something. And then I went. I was watching, of course, Instagram or Twitter, whatever the fuck it was. And they they are they were at a uh, the CSM conference, and there's this new thing with a ball inside the ball. There's like a something inside there that just turns like crazy. So the ball like moves around, and you have to control it. So you see people doing getups with it. I'm just like. You know, everyone just calm down with the... The, the, the vibration? Yeah, vibration it's, shit. And it's just today. Mm-hmm. I witnessed a couple of fitness professionals uh-huh. that we know. <laughs> we both know them. Mm. Oh, This is off the air. Uh, I'll discuss it. Yeah, it, it's the whole idea of using vibrating tools. Oh, tools that look like hand tools. For muscular release, I guess it's you know no difference I guess than dry needling or trigger point therapy, mm. but there's some tools. I mean, I don't want to throw them in the museum just yet because I don't know enough about them, <laughs> but it looks a little like a shake weight. Um, so they just lay them on the person, and they oh oh like the Theragun. Yes, the Theragun. Oh yeah, so that's that's huge. That's making us rounds, man. I've seen. It looks like a, a power tool. Yeah, yeah. different settings, yeah. Um, <laughs> different attachment. I'm different attachment. I I. Yeah, I mean, there was just some weird things I saw on this stretch table working on an adductor. Oh, How does that Christ. work? No, Dude. man. How does that work? Well, I, And then, I, like, the person's twitching, the, the, the guy using it's laughing. It just <laughs> did look really bad, and I was like, what? I mean, look, maybe I, I could be completely wrong, guys. Just um, Well, they have to cool. do some research on this, which is interesting to me. When I was in undergrad and studied kinesiology, one of our instructors for our sensory motor neuron class 
uh, our biomechanics and sensory motor neuron teacher uh, was Roger Anoka. And Roger Anoka is a very famous New Zealand guy. He actually did one of the most comprehensive works on the alpha motor neuron. And he's the, p apparently people know more about the alpha motor neuron because of him, all this stuff. So it was really cool to work with him. But one of his assistants, uh, who was a PhD candidate at the time, his he was getting his PhD in vibration therapy on muscles. So we asked him a couple questions, and this is back in 2002. Are you mentioning this? Oh, no, yeah. no, this is a way back. No, no, no. But it's very different from the Theragun. It's different from the Shakeway. He, they used tools, very fine tools, like advanced tools, and they would put them on, like, tendons. They mm. put them directly on tendons, and that's where they were trying to get changes. So, like, tendinopathies. They, they didn't call them tendinopathies back then, but they were saying, like, tendinitis. They would alter the collagen fibers and stuff. But this is different. Theragun is, like, on the muscle belly. It's very violent. It's, like, a slow hit versus the vibrations that they're using were, like, high frequency. Almost like a burn. Yeah, like like a ultrasound. Like a, You've like, ever used yeah. the, G, um, the Genie Rub? The Genie Rub? Yeah, I use that. The, the, the Genie? No, I mean, I feel like a like fool, a sander. It's, it's like, like a sander. <laughs> and I, I, you know... I've known people that have literally, like, they've gotten sanders uh, in their place. And and they just use it? Yeah, they use it with, like, a pad. That's crazy, dude. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's another gimmick. And you'd only see the stuff in the United States because there's, like, there's I, always, like, money to be made with this I shit. saw, you know, I just saw it today. And, again, I, I'm not, I don't want to sit here and be critical. I don't know enough of it. I just saw it, and it was wild because I saw two different people, same same toy. Doing and the then gun. Same gun, uh -huh. and then one guy had two different guns. He had like a different. <laughs> he, it was a different one. There was one was big, and one that was. And it he was, wasn't using the same time. Was just, no, oh. no, no. That was that's that's next week. It's like <laughs> all right. This, but I had I was jealous. I was really jealous because I was like shit. You know, I gotta try it. I, you know, I, I, I haven't I, had. I, it I've on never. Me, so. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know. I. That's it. That's it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna make any. Negative judgment. I'm going to try it, and I'm, I'm going to do some it. research because both of these individuals are smart. I respect them both. Mm. Um, it's hot though. Like it, it's, it's a hot tool. It is. I mean, people are using it everywhere. Look on Instagram, and and it doesn't. It costs a pretty penny. It's like six, eight hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. It's a, you could get a power tool for like twenty bucks yeah, and just put man. on soft. Go to Home Depot, it. guys. <laughs> just change up that tool. Oh man! I Imagine if you whipped that out with your next patient, and be like, hey, "We're going to use this power tool on you for a little that's while." Fucking crazy! That's that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I'm watching. I'm not even watching the guys using it. I just want to see the reaction to the, the client. Patient. I'm like, all yeah. right. One of them was wild. Like, I'll tell you offline. Yeah. But it was um, it was wild. <laughs> I, I'm gonna let Lee say the next thing because I'm gonna okay. find the squat machine. Yeah, man. Because this squat thing um, threw me for a loop. Preacher curls. Preacher. I guess this is preacher. this probably upset any uh, bodybuilder listeners out there, but the preacher curls. I don't think you you can strengthen the bicep in all sorts of ways. Use dumbbells, use a barbell. I don't think you need to sit down, have your shoulders flex forward, and just solely isolate the biceps, just to, like burn it out. So I think oh, get that get that oh, going. Oh man! What did you find? <laughs> oh man! Here we go. Did you find that horse I thing? Found the commercial. Oh, and we're shit. gonna go live. Oh, this is bad. So this is squat magic. Oh my God, squats are a girl's best friend. Oh, they, she can't even squat. <laughs> She's having so much trouble. Uh, you could put you could put the uh, on the microphone. 
the strain and stress. Right there, right? The revolutionary squat magic from new image. Squat magic. Squat magic. Did, oh my god. Right. <laughs> what we're seeing now is that, oh Jesus Christ. This this is wild. This is why I saw this as a commercial. I literally thought it was a joke. I thought it was like it had to SNL be a joke. Thing, yeah, right? it had to be. I was like, this isn't real. No, this is real. It's basically a stool that has a pneumatic pump, and you're just squatting up and down. You're just sitting like on like a it. pogo stick. For a pogo a squat. stick for pogo your butt. Stick. Yeah, that doesn't move. That doesn't move. <laughs> you move on it. I don't know what's. Yeah, it propels you up. Oh my so God! What's she's the doing? Point? What is she? <laughs> she oh, shit! A pair of four. Oh, this is for so pistols. Pistol squats. No pistols. Dude, that's way too weird looking. No, I know. This is this is this is what I I, I this was on. This was like on CNN or this was like on no. a major news station. Yes. Oh my God. Major news station. That's terrible. See, this is why. Uh huh. Movement. The target area. <laughs> oh man. So squat magic, guys. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Google I, it and you'll you won't be disappointed. No, you won't. We just we just did you a favor for the rest just of the day. Just <laughs> a big disclaimer. Squat magic doesn't work. There's a whole bunch of like YouTube what five hundred squats did to my butt. Um and I got jujitsu things. All right. So yes, yeah, squat. Is that, that's that's almost crazier than the shake weight. It's a hundred percent crazy. Yeah. <laughs> because it's way more, <laughs> more a lot more graphic. A lot more graphic. The, the commercials is should be rated. Yeah. Um How how did the actors when like I just wanna like the logistics of that. Like, hey listen, we're gonna have you uh check out this new or try out this new uh machine or whatever. I don't even know what to call it. And they were like, All right, come on in and we're gonna chat chat like after that where they're like, All right, great I mean I guess if you're an actor you need the money, but holy shit. Just squat. Go. Yeah. Just well hold on. Take, retake. How about the one like you have to pretend that you can't squat. Like you have to fall. Ugh. Squat magic. I think that's that might make the museum early, guys. That yeah. might that might fast forward. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. Yeah, it makes the body blade look like legit. It, it does. Yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings about the body blade. I understand why people like it, but I think it's too emphasized. I don't know. I I think just work on general strengthening. I, I just get movement, put load in it, um, and then keep doing it i don't don't know and ultrasound ultrasound Uh, oh the classic ultrasound the classic ultrasound i mean what do you think i want to play devil's advocate here obviously i don't use ultrasound but what about ultrasound as a low-cost diagnostic tool i i honestly i think it can be still in the workplace um, and and I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not trained. I mean, I know there's is training. You're you talking about training. like a, a basic diagnostic ultrasound. Yeah, diagnostic. Yeah. Yeah, you know, obviously ultrasound for DVT stuff like. But even from a muscular standpoint, obviously it it's not as conclu. It's nowhere near as conclusive as an MRI. Right. Um, but even b- a fracture is, is that what you're talking about? Even a fracture. I don't even know. I, so there's a there's some research to show that if you have certain settings and you have certain bones, they have to be pretty superficial because the two depths that it can go to are one centimeter and like three point five. Remember that yeah. or five centimeters? I don't remember exactly. So it, it if you have a bone cr- pretty close to the surface, let's say like a hand or a foot bone, or if you have the tibia bone, you wouldn't be able to do it on the femur. The femurs no. cover a lot of muscle. Tissue. Um, 
even maybe well, it's kind of dangerous in the in the back. So that's what that's where I'm conflicted. So anyway, so going back to the the fracture is you can have a certain setting on it and go over the bone, and you're apparently vibrating the bone enough to cause pain. And if you have a fracture, that will be painful for your bone to vibrate. If you don't have a fracture, it's not. So the, I think the sensitivity and specificity are very poor when it comes to that. The research that's been done. Um, and then, yeah. That was probably equivalent to like a tuning fork. We, yes. we had those. And we use those. those. Cool. Yeah. I think those are more, I think they, they have a little bit more statistical power versus ultrasound. So then you have the cost. The cost of ultrasound is insane. Right. Um, Save your money. Yeah. I, and I, Go to the museum. <laughs> Make your donations. Yeah, I think I, I think as a cost-benefit thing, because that's, that's where this is all going, where we really want to weed out the things that are having a low cost-benefit uh, analysis, where that's why when people put value on, or sorry, put a category on like something like acupuncture, they say that it's low value versus education and exercise. Um because of the extreme benefit for versus how much it costs. Right. Um, and I appreciate that. So I, I would say I don't think ultrasound is a, a necessary thing for a clinic to have, but some clinics, that's all all they do. I, I still see oh, clinicians yeah. every day who do it for every treatment, every single treatment, no matter what, no matter what. My question, question to those that are using it for every treatment, you know, I, do you, you know, what do you think is happening? Or, let's be honest, are you just using it because you don't care? Right. And I, unfortunately, <clears throat> I think I've witnessed that. I mean, I, I'm making a huge assumption here, but some PTs that may be burnt out, um, mm-hmm. that just may not really want to get their, literally get their hands dirty, mm-hmm. um, just mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm just going to. Squirt a little gel, <laughs> and I'm gonna go seven minutes. And Is the it sound it makes—it's seven minutes. Well, I mean, I've seen people do it for fifteen minutes. Wow, I don't know why. fifteen uh, minutes—that's tiring to me. I'd rather just—I was gonna say something stupid. I'd rather just—I <laughs> <rather, laughs> know I was gonna—I mean, just get your hands dirty, man. Just yeah. do you know? Just go in. Just, or just talk to them. Ask them. Just, the day was. just pull up the chair. Just like, <laughs> hey, what's up? Yeah, I mean, don't just. Save the ultrasound, man. Save yeah. it. Because, oh. I mean, think about it, the logistics of it. You have the ultrasound machine, which is a couple thousand dollars. It's, it's not cheap. Then you have to maintenance it. You have to maintenance the head. Then you have to get the gel. If you're using it a lot, that gel costs a lot of money. It's you not use a like, towel to wipe off the gel. Towel to wipe off the gel. And then... Little you, alcohol swabs maybe to clean your probe. <laughs> it's, it's... I don't know why. It's like the ice machine example I gave oh. uh, when Matt was here. And I was like, that costs so much money to have. And what kind of benefit do you think it's given you in the sense of over what you already have available to you? It's not. It's it's not doing that. That's where I think how people feel about treatments versus how it actually is can be really sad. Like if they haven't stepped out into the world recently and, and learned new things, then they're like, God. I remember we took a course. Do you remember the Barrett Dorco course we took? Yes. That was very interesting. The bird yeah. <laughs> landing on. He, so if anyone want to look up, uh, so one of the pain scientists who's well-known, his name is Barrett Dorco. He's a physical therapist in the Midwest. Um, he's very well-known in the website Soma Simple. We, we briefly brought it up a while back. 
Um, but he has a course called Simple Contact, and he came to our clinic and he did it. And it's a very unique course. I, I don't. It's not really applicable in our setting in New York and let's say L.A., where we're dealing with a lot of people who you know either don't have any, don't have a lot of time, or d- they demand a lot of answers for the treatment, things like that. Um, but other places it well, might work. Or- even in that, I would even venture out to say. A well-versed, well-educated athletic population, right? You know yeah. that are really savvy, are savvy customers in that you know they've seen multiple therapists, they've been to multiple clinics, multiple doctors. They seek out the best. It wouldn't. Uh, I don't think the method would work out too well, right? And it, just, it's hard to sell that. It's hard to sell. Very hard to sell. Now, yeah. can you layer it in? Yeah, I've seen. Um, some clinicians dancing. Remember? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. the dance. That was hilarious. That was great. Come on. Come on. Oh, my on, God. There's a dance right <laughs> off the table, man. Is it, is it let your body move. How it's going to move. Go. Go. That, that went into FLM. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Man. Uh, offline topics. But he, but so D- Barrett Durko, he, he would have some one-on-ones with us afterwards or in between the course. And one of the one-on-ones he had was another therapist who had been around for a very long time. And he literally said to another therapist, he's like, he hasn't read a lot of recent stuff, has he? <laughs> wow. Because he, you know, he was still kind of caught on uh, on to like the tissue damage stuff, which is fine, and then like VMO causing patellar femoral mistracking and all these other things. And uh, but he was saying them as a, as in fact. But th- that's so important. That's why we, like us as clinicians, we're trying to go go out there all the time and trying to read as much as we can, trying to um, in, uh, in influence other people uh, to do so. But you can easily get stuck in a rut because you can start ultrasounding everybody and whip out a tool and start rubbing people with tools all the time and then tell people they're broken, tell people the posture is the cause of their pain, all this stuff. And that stuff has been shown to be harmful. Guys, try different things. Yeah. Bottom line, I mean, I, I myself, it, I hate to go back to a, a jujitsu um, <laughs> analogy, but... If you want a different result, you got to try something new, right? I mean, right. I, I find myself getting to these weird, same pattern. I'm going to grab here. I'm going to grab there. He's going to mm-hmm. move there. It's almost it's a, such a predictable thing, and um, mm-hmm. and you just say, you know, screw it. I'm going to try. You have to be real. You have to have some scrutiny for yourself. Yeah. You ha- you have to. I, I don't know if that's the proper way to say it, but you have to be very critical, self critical, self critical. I think you know it's it's something that I think they try to instill. In us in graduate school with the whole, ref, you know, reflections, you know. You know how do you right. feel about, about that? that? How do you feel? <laughs> how, how did you think you did? We had mentors. Remember the mentors? <laughs> yes. How did you do? Tell us of an uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the self-critic, um, self-critique is important. And, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that on a day-to-day, you know, we don't fall into certain patterns. Of course, yeah. But <clears throat> if someone is not getting the result that you expect them to get have to try something new and mm-hmm. it might involve you actually having to move and show this person something or taking them being a little uncomfortable or even making the patient and not and I'm not I'm not saying I'm not advocating making anybody feel uncomfortable but mm-hmm. challenging challenging your patient's perception of something and maybe even perception that involves some kind of movement so yeah. oh I don't want to pick up that pen my back might hurt well and you could go through your spiel on that but um right. yeah different things guys challenge yourself super important that's really important um yeah man 
I think uh, this will be labeled as a, a review of a review. <laughs> a review. This will be an re- acupuncture. Acupuncture review. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have some. We'll have we have a guest that may be coming in the next few episodes. Nice. Um, uh, as we finalize some stuff, then I'll, I'll make the announcement. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a uh, a friend, a colleague, and uh, it'll, it'll be a good good time. So absolutely, look out for that. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening for episode twelve. A few good physios. Have a good day. All right. Bye. Talk to you. Thank you for listening to A Few Good Physios. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Follow us each week while we interview guests and have clinical commentary. 